this is Kiran Agrawal from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Carol Patnam with us. Carol has worked in the global high-tech corporations for over 22 years, coaching executives and working with leadership teams. She has designed leadership development programs and consulted on organizational development, change management, communication strategy, and management development programs. She believes coaching can help. people launch their goals while gaining new perspective and deeper self awareness with so many accomplishments and accolades let's share it from carol carol welcome to the show thank you carol, i'm excited here very very excited to host you let's begin with your journey tell us about yourself and what got you started in coaching well it's kind of roundabout i've always been interested in in people i've always been a really good listener to my friends and when i was in graduate school i got a degree in counseling and decided that probably the best place for me to make a contribution was in organizations where people spend all their time and so i started working with leadership teams and then i got my phd which is focused on training and organizational development and after 22 years of working in global corporations i took a couple of years off and thought about what do i really enjoy doing and it was always coaching and i already had a coaching certification so i started my coaching practice in 2015 and i've never looked back it's been it's of course been wonderful and all these years you have worked with so many clients please give us an insight with one of the client on how the transformation happened please tell us a client success story well there's two okay one probably doesn't sound like a success story but i consider it one there was a business owner who wanted to scale his business and as i began working with him it became very clear that there were issues in his personal life that were getting in the way and i said i can't work with you on scaling your business until you deal with your issues in your personal life. He had issues around his religion, his marriage, a whole bunch of things. And I said, "So, my suggestion is you go I gave him some referrals for a therapist and I said, "Go work on these things and then we can work." Well, he wasn't too happy, but he went and he did it. He did the work and he didn't come back to work with me, but he's kept in touch with me and he has scaled his business and he's very happy and he said, "I wouldn't have done it if you wouldn't have pushed me. Wow. So I consider that a success. The other success is I was working with a CEO who had employees in the US, Canada and in India. She was a young mother and she was not very productive. She was working a lot of hours, unhappy and very very frustrated. So we spent some time looking at her values and her number one value was family. So I said, "Okay, how are you operationalizing your values and she said I'm not and I said ah okay so we went to work on how she could better schedule her time so that she had quality time with her family her son her husband and productive time running her business and she was much more productive after she made those decisions and adjusted her schedule and very happy so that was a real success story Wow it was of course wonderful and do you use any strategies to make sure that these transition happen the way that they do do you have any steps methodology strategies or or something like that that you tend to use well i have a, a variety of things mostly i ask a lot of questions and talk with people about their values so what i find is that if people don't know what their values are 
that's a clue. But if they have values, but they're not operating from them, they're not going to be very productive and they're not going to be happy. They're going to be frustrated all the time and they don't know why. So I usually start there. What's getting in their way? What do they want to achieve? And how are they going about it? So it's a combination of things. Depends upon the person and what the issue is. Yes. Depending on the, you of course have a lot of tools in your toolbox, but what tool to use and that you get more aware of when you ask the right questions. So Karen, tell us about the ways that you use to keep yourself inspired as a coach, to keep yourself motivated as a coach. Okay. Well, motivation isn't an issue for me. I love working with people. I love the diversity of people I get to work with, which to me is a constant inspiration. I mean, people are fascinating, you know, and when you, when I work with them and I understand what they're trying to achieve and can uncover what's getting in their way. It's usually both external and internal. It's really, it's so inspiring to see them create the changes that they want to make and to see their lives change for the better. Because I know it's not, I'm not doing it. They're doing the work. Mm -hmm. And so that's wonderful. I'm also, I'm a bit of a neuroscience geek. I study neuroscience all the time and I I love sharing some of those brain hacks with my clients and seeing how they, they just brighten when they learn something about, oh, this doesn't need to be this hard. So I love what I do. I love working with people. I love seeing them grow and change. Totally, totally. And the way that a coach's success is measured is by the client's success. And that's what we have been doing. So Carol, my next question to you is about your ideal client. So the first success story that you just mentioned, uh, you didn't work with the client, but you referred them to someone who can, who, who is who's more suitable for, at that situation, right? So is there an ideal client whom you tend to work with or how do you pick your clients? I don't think there is an ideal because that would indicate that there's only one type of person. It's really about a couple things. One is this is the rapport. Is Can we establish rapport? Are they interested in coaching? There have been people who have come to me and say, I want coaching. And then when we talk about it, it's clear that they're not ready or they have a different perspective of what coaching is. But most of the time, I mean, I work with all kinds of people, all ages, all business backgrounds and different stages in their careers. So I don't have an ideal client. It's more about, can we connect? Because really coaching is about that connection. It's about being vulnerable. It's about being, creating a trusting relationship. And when I say vulnerable, both the client and the coach have to be vulnerable because we have to be real with each other. Yes. Yes. So there is no ideal client. It is based on the person. It is based on the situation. It is based on the rapport. It is based on the connection and not very, very ideal kind of client that you work with. Uh, something that you mentioned earlier was neuroscience. You like neuroscience. So my question to you is about visualization. So does visualization, affirmations, all of these things work when it comes to neuroscience to, to help us achieve our goals? Yes, affirmations do help. And I'll tell you why. Because 95% of what we think, we believe, the actions we take, excuse me, our values are controlled by a part of the brain to which we don't have any access. It's the unconscious. And one of the things about the unconscious is it's, it's skewed to the negative. 
meaning that as part of our survival instincts from how our brains were developed for our ancestors, it's constantly looking for things that will be a threat. Well, in our modern world, the unconscious sees a lot of things as threats, which in our modern world aren't threats, but the brain doesn't know that. So it skews to the negative. It sees things like when you meet somebody new, if they look different than you, the brain is going to have a negative response. If you try to change a behavior and you try to do it in a big way, the brain's going to have a negative response. So the more that people understand that, that, for example, imposter syndrome, that's the brain doing its thing. It's sending negative messages about you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. That's just what the brain does. And when people understand that, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. No, that's just your brain doing its thing. So when that happens, when you have those negative thoughts, put in a positive thought, put in an affirmation, something you want the brain to focus on because it's just doing its thing based upon how our ancestors had to survive. So when clients learn that and, and learn, oh, I can just think of something positive. I can focus on my goals. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense? It does. It does. We got it. So Carol, it's about visualization. What is the secret? Then? That's another thing about the brain. It can't tell the difference between a visualization and, and doing something in quote unquote reality. So I have a lot of clients that I say, okay, let's create a really powerful visualization that you can connect to and have your brain work on all the time. Because what you direct, even though we can't control the unconscious, we can kind of direct it. And things like visualizations, affirmations help to direct the unconscious to do what we would like it to do. The more emotionalized the thoughts are when we are affirming, the more emotionalized the visualization techniques are, the greater the impact. I get it. Yeah. So, Karen, Next question to you is about goal setting and goal getting. What is your way of, of making goals happen? Well, one of the things that I do for myself and I also encourage my clients to do is go ahead and set big goals and figure out what are all the small steps that are going to get you there. One of the reasons why people get frustrated that they can't achieve their goals is because they set a really big goal and then they expect that they can create change that fast. Well, that's not how the brain works. And so I encourage them to use the, the Kaizen philosophy, which is small steps, small improvements over time that are going to get you there because that doesn't trigger the brain that, oh, there's a big change going on. It's like, no, we're just going to make all these small steps. And when you, when you make a small step and you acknowledge it, then that encourages you to continue to do more. So it's all about building in small steps to success. So that's what I do. And that's what I help my clients figure out. Got it. Got it. So big goals divided into smaller steps and each step at a time. So mm -hmm. Carol, tell us about how do you keep the clients accountable who are struggling to achieve their goals while also being compassionate towards them? Well, first off, I ask a lot of questions. What, what's getting in their way? Is there something going on in the background? Usually there is. And so trying to uncover what's keeping them from accomplishing their goals, what's keeping them from doing what 
they agreed they were going to do. And, you know, sometimes it's just simply reframing something. I had a client I was working with this week. I asked her to identify her top five values. And she was messing with this for weeks and complaining about it. And, and I said, okay, what's getting in your way here? And it was really that she wouldn't identify just five. She wanted to identify seven. And I said, great, identify seven. It's, it's not a magic number. It's about what's important to you and how you are using those values to drive your career. And as soon as we reframed it that way, it's like, oh, okay, this is fine. You know, it's really just trying to understand, okay, so what's, what's going on? Why are you struggling with this? This isn't that hard. I mean, you run a multi-million dollar business. What? What's going on? And it was really just reframing. This reframing, got it. Uh, Carol, the next question to you is about misconceptions around coaching. So tell us about some. Well, there are people who think that all coaches are the same. There are uh, people who think that a coach is going to fix them. There are people who think, this is my favorite, I don't have time to be coached. So first of all, every coach is different. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different training. We all have different areas of expertise. And my job isn't to fix people. My job is to help them achieve what they want in their lives. And when someone says, I don't have time to be coached, I tell them the story of a woodcutter who never took time to sharpen his saw. We all can create time to be coached. The question is, do you want to do it? And sometimes people say, I can't do it right now. It's like, great. Then come back when you feel like you can. Yes. Yes. Those are some misconceptions you all guys should be aware of. Those misconceptions are gone now. So, Carol, people are getting curious. They want to reach out to you. So please give us some ways of getting a hold of you. What are they? Oh, okay. So I have just gone into partnership with Brad Smith of Stellar Insight. And so actually the easiest way to contact me is to just go carol, all one word, hd.com. That will direct them to my webpage and then they can contact me through my webpage. That's probably the easiest thing. Yes. So C-A-R-O-L. P-U-T-N-A-M-P-H-D.com. There yes. you have it, guys. So do reach out. Next question to you is about leadership. So what are some qualities do you see in a great leader that are lacking in a not very good leader? A number of things. One is humility. So some of the great leaders that I've worked with were very humble. They realized that they didn't know everything. And so they surrounded themselves with really smart people with different areas of expertise, and they asked a lot of questions so that all of them could learn together. Other good leaders I've worked with are, have been very good communicators, understanding that if you, if you want people to follow you, you need to tell them what's going on. Bad leaders try to keep too many things close to their chest and don't want to share basic information. I mean, people want to know why they're doing the work they're doing. What's the impact of it? So humility, communication, and some vulnerability. Not So vulnerability in terms of if they make a mistake, they acknowledge it and say, I made this mistake and here's what I learned. So I think those are the three big 
leadership leadership issues that that I've seen in terms of bad leaders and real and some of the really good leaders I've worked with over the years. Humility, communication, and vulnerability. These are three things in the great leaders. While you don't see them in a not very good. Leader. Final question for today, Karen. Tell us about things to do after listening to this conversation. What are the action steps the individual may take to grow personally or professionally? So what do you say they think about and do after hearing this conversation? I would like people to continue to be curious, to continue to look for opportunities to learn something new, to listen to podcasts, join webinars, read newsletters. There's so much great information out there that you can learn so much by just being curious and looking for and listening to experts. There's so many smart, wonderful, exciting things going on in the world. And if we aren't constantly growing, why are we here? Growing is living, so stay curious and keep growing. And let's say you like this episode and you want to, and you resonated with Carol, consider reaching out to her, great coach. You can go to carolpatnamphd.com. So thank you so much, Carol, for such a great conversation. It was a pleasure to meet you today and an honor to host you. Thank you, Karen. It was it was a pure joy. I'm so glad that you asked me for, to have this conversation. Thank you again. With that said, I am your host, Kiran Agrad, signing off for the day. You guys take care. Bye, guys.